0: Welcome to episode one of the Voiceless Podcast. I am truly honored to be able to bring you stories that all too often are not being heard. I'm kicking off the podcast with a dear friend of mine, Veronica. I'll let her introduce herself, but my hope for you, the listener, is that for this next moment in time, you would set aside everything you know, or think you know, and just be willing to listen.
1: So I'm Veronica Darling, and I'm a mom. And a medical freedom activist and a vaccine injury mama and an insert reader. (laughs) Uh, What is that? Yeah, I had no idea. You know, I had to find out the hard way. Kind of I think that's a common story just for a lot of people that we don't know what we don't know. So I know what they are now.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay, before we hear your story, I want to know what were your thoughts on vaccination prior to Having your first baby.
1: Oh my gosh. I, well, okay. So I remember having a couple of vaccines when I was a kid. Um, well, actually that's not true. I remember being told I had a couple of vaccines when I was a kid. I don't actually remember getting them. Um, I have my thing to prove it. I trusted my pediatrician. You just kind of grow up hearing that they're good. They've saved millions of lives. Everyone should get them. We're so lucky to have them. We're lucky to live in a place where they give so many. I mean, I, I believed this. And and so I routinely took my kid and, you know, until he was five, he was, we did it on the CDC schedule. We were um, model patients. I'm sure my son's pediatrician really loved us. Okay. So you, <clears throat> excuse me, you vaccinated until he was five? We fully vaccinated until he was five. Okay. How was that? Was it totally fine? He had no reactions afterwards. Gosh, no, it was awful. And actually in hindsight, I just, you know, mom guilt. (laughs) I wonder why I kept taking him back. No, it was terrible. So um, our story is a little bit unique. Um, My oldest is, uh, is adopted. He's been with me since he was three months old though. So I was not there for his newborn vaccines or any of the well baby visits up until that point but I know for a fact because I have the records that he was fully vaccinated on schedule during that season. When he came to me though, he already had issues. He already had tummy issues. Um, he already had, had antibiotics and ear infections and, um, would have crying bits where he was inconsolable, but was also averse to touch and was also, um, Like would cry, but not at times where you would, where it's typical for an infant to cry, wouldn't cry to let us know that he was soiled, wouldn't cry to let us know that he was hungry. Um, it was just a different, I have seven kids now, so I am really, really clear on what the different cries are now but yeah, he's not doing your typical baby. No, Mm -mm. I need something. You you figure it out and then he stops. And in fact, he wasn't a typical baby. I mean, I heard so much like he's the perfect baby. He makes no noise at all. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, I just didn't know how, I didn't realize that that was something that should have really caught my attention. I didn't know that until later. Um, but once we did take him in for his little baby visits, every single time he was vaccinated resulted in an er trip within 48 hours wow um, for what what was those kind of reactions high-pitched screaming high fever that wouldn't go down um like instantly rot runny nose like runny nose irritation which of course they tell you is just all normal mm-hmm. um and i mean for crying out loud they're agitating his immune system so it doesn't it doesn't confound me that these were some of the things he was dealing with, but those were like the really mild symptoms, um, instant. And just, I I don't even know how to describe the diarrhea. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: just like pure acid, um, the double ear infections, instant, the asthma attacks, instant, um, all of a sudden, you know, when by the time he was four, he was on an emergency inhaler, a maintenance inhaler, a nebulizer, um, and a Claritin daily. Wow! Um, he had already had several rounds of antibiotics for double ear infections. Um, we could never distinguish between like teething, runny noses, and him being sick or vaccines. He was just sick just constantly all sick. the time all wow. the time. but it was like the unnatural there were like there were things that even the pediatricians were saying like oh yeah this happens to kids they get fevers they get runny noses every mom knows that's true um the unnaturally high-pitched screams
0: yeah
1: they didn't know what was causing it the diarrhea which which was a battle for years and years and years and years and years mm-hmm. um i in fact i feel like we're probably just turning a corner and he's 14. Wow. Um, and then, you know, we saw a lot of other developmental delays and, and issues with, you know, big surprise. He has autism. Okay, Tell um, me about that because that's a huge controversial topic. Yeah, subject. We were is. talking about
0: vaccination and it what is. did that look
1: like for you as family? Well, okay. So we didn't, we didn't think anything negative or even even we were not even curious about vaccines Um, and any, we were unaware that they could be harmful. We were unaware that they were um, different people had different reactions and like we knew none of that. Mm -hmm. And so furthermore, we didn't realize that some people are susceptible to injury. Mm -hmm. Um, And we didn't realize that most of the time, a lot of the time those injuries manifest themselves as autism or according to various lawsuits that have been won autism-like behaviors Mm -hmm. and properties. So, um, yeah, my son has MTHFR. He has a really, really tricky time, methylating, um, detoxing his body. Um, not everybody has it, but I think the new statistics show like 40% of the population has some variation of it. He has, um, both of his genes are mutated for that. Um, and so he was just at higher risk. Um, we later found out that his birth father had all the same reactions he did to vaccines. To vaccines. Okay. I wish we would have known that. We didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know to ask. Um, my son wasn't actually diagnosed formally until he was seven years old. And I I feel like um, he should have been diagnosed closer to three. We took him into the regional center and he was just barely meeting milestones at that point. And so they just said, he's kind of a slow to bloom boy, boys develop later, girls are faster, like what they really poo-pooed a lot of our stuff. But, and also by that time I was working around the clock to make sure he had early intervention stuff. I feel like had, I, had we not had that perfect sort of circumstances, had I not been, Actively working to get him caught up on milestones and really thinking he already had autism and I I suspected this before I knew anything about vaccines Um, I think it would have been worse. Um, We now know the power of uh, early intervention and We thankfully had a pediatrician who was really good about um, Just helping us to use diet and supplementation and different uh, different chelation methods. But I think if we weren't already on that track, he would have been diagnosed a lot sooner. It wasn't until he was seven and in elementary school that we just, there were a lot of behaviors we couldn't explain any longer because he, yeah, he had just kind of grown to that age where he shouldn't have been exhibiting all of those things. Um, And yeah, it wasn't even until he was diagnosed at seven and that's kind of when we started having all these aha moments. Uh, we started looking into into autism, and obviously, this is part of that controversy that we started digging into. But um, the stories are all the same, <laughs> and that connection is undeniable. So um, we really started digging into more research, and then it led me to do a lot more research before I had had um, my three children, my biological kids.
0: Okay. Um. Now, are your three other children vaccinated? They're
1: not. Okay. And what any, have you seen? Have you seen any difference? <laughs> Night and day. I I really genuinely and I say this with a world of empathy and compassion for the parents out there. I thought it was normal to be in the ER all the time for double ear infections. Yeah. I thought like kids just get sick. They just get sick. They're always sick. Isn't that the joke about yeah. kids at school or kids in daycares? They're just they're just always sick. Um, kids don't have immune systems. They don't know how to be healthy. Like, That's why we need um, all these interventions. And I have never been to the ER for any of my other kids. And they don't have allergies. And they don't have any... Uh, they don't have asthma. And they have no, ear infections. They don't have diarrhea. I mean, unless... If they have ever gotten sick, which I I feel like I can't even tell you the last time they got sick. Um, if they do get sick, they recover 24 hours. We the fever run its course. If they have, you know, a loose stool, we trust that their body has a reason for getting something out quickly and virtually the next time they go, it's back to normal. Um, yeah, we don't, I don't. I don't know where an emergency room is near my home. (laughs) So, I mean, we, we had one incident, one incident of stitches and that was it. My, yeah, my kids are totally different. So you're in Oregon now, but where did you live prior to coming here? Uh, Yeah, we actually, we just moved to Oregon four years ago. I should stop saying just. (laughs) We moved to Oregon four years ago. We came as uh, truthfully as SB 277 refugees.
0: What is SB um, 277? We lived in
1: California, California, uh, Dr. Richard Pan, who's also a senator, introduced a mandatory vaccination legislation that basically traded the right to send my kids for a free and appropriate education in the state of California um, for um, basically mandating vaccines on the CDC schedule or subjecting my kids to a horrendous catch-up schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my back then, you were able to grandfather your kids in until they hit the next stage but because my kids are aged so far apart we that wouldn't have worked for our family yeah. so we fled we left the state and that's I mean that was not an easy thing to do we left all of our family in California we moved a thousand miles away we had no community um my husband had never been to the state oh, wow. before we moved <laughs> up here um but we just needed to. We knew enough that we needed to get our kids away from any place that was going to force us to do anything to our kids, um, but especially force us to do something that we knew, without a shadow of a doubt, we would never change our minds on. Mm-hmm. You can't unknow what I know. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's how we ended up in Oregon, and that's why that's why we fought like heck. To make sure that that type of legislation didn't pass here. And we know what it's like to have to leave. To be told you have to make a choice. Okay. Um, the and why not just do the catch-up schedule?
0: What did that look like for your family
1: to catch up? Oh my gosh. Because you <laughs> have a lot of kids and if they do. I don't struggle with anxiety. That question just sends my blood pressure to the roof. Uh, I, I know the risk of injury for my kids is real if they were even given one vaccine, one dose at a time on a slow schedule. Yes.
0: How do you know that the risk
1: is real? Oh my gosh, I've lived it. Yeah. I've lived it. And so here's the thing. I have lived experience with my oldest kiddo. He's adopted, but he shares the same genes as my kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's my oldest and his family member. We've done the genome testing. We've spoken to doctors. Like this isn't, people are so quick to say it's like Google science. It's not, I have literal lists of physicians saying, do not do this to your kids. This is not safe for them. There is a, a really high chance that they will have a reaction. Um, So just the idea of then compounding that risk tenfold, twentyfold, seventy-nine dose full for each of my children. And expecting none of them to have a reaction. No, never. (laughs) Not gonna happen. I can't even I can't even bring my mind to accept that.
0: So there are parents just like you in California right now, in New York,
1: in Maine. Mm
0: What would you say to them who are these laws have just passed, they're going into effect right now, probably in twenty twenty for most of them. Yeah. What do you say to those who are like, This is my home, this is where my family is, what do I do? Do I catch my children up?
1: Do I take the risk? Or do I do so I move here, on? There's a couple things. I and I am an open book and I'm happy to have conversations with people one on one and have done so for years now. Um, cares what I will say. At the end of the day, I lay my head down on my pillow and I know the full consequences on both sides of this coin for the decision that I've made. For me, that looks a lot like this is the hill I'm going to die on. And if that looks like we have to restructure our family and our lifestyle for us to do that, we will if you are unwilling to do that or if you're, I I get that a lot of people just aren't in a position. They don't have that. um, They don't have that, that ability or margin. Um, If you're in that camp, do what you can to minimize the risk. What does that mean? Man, I say, I say do whatever you can to buy yourself time. Um, if you can move, move. If you can homeschool for a season, do it. If you can, you know, get it on paper with a pediatrician that like you're going to start slowly, maybe with the ones who that don't have, you know, metals in them and then work with a naturopath to try and chelate afterwards and detox. I mean, um, that's not for me, but if yeah. you're talking about for people's different circumstances. But for all parents, I would say be mm-hmm. humble enough to let yourself be curious. Curious about what? Curious okay. about, I think people are just so quick to continue their their preconceived and pre-digested uh, ideas about vaccine and medical freedom and that we're anti-vaxxers and we're crazy and we're anti-science and um, instead of holding on to those prejudices, I would ask people to just be humble enough to say Maybe they're not all crazy like how is it possible all these people have the same story? And they're all jumping on this bandwagon to be crucified mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense that none of us would choose this limelight and this posture knowing that we're getting slammed and that no one wants to listen to us so Allow yourself to be curious and say, like, what do they have to gain here? We have nothing to gain other than to try and help other parents. Yeah, there's no popularity in the dissenting view here. No. And you know what's crazy about that? I mean, we see so many of, like, the vaccine. um, Vaccines are being pushed by social media influencers now. Yeah. And we have, like emails from agencies looking to push like hey you want a couple hundred dollars come and post make a post about getting flu shot make a post about getting the MMR we're out here dealing with 10 11 12 year olds who are still pooping on themselves yeah who can't read social cues who can't go to normal schools or be integrated in their classrooms or who now have permanently immunocompromised systems. No one's sliding us a couple hundred dollars for that. We're alone. Now your son,
0: he, ha- I would assume with his diagnosis has somewhat of a compromised immune system.
1: So yeah, he doesn't anymore. Okay. We stopped, about that. Yeah. We stopped vaccinating at five. We found a new pediatrician who was really willing to hear our stories. And that first visit sounded a lot like, we don't understand why our son has chronic ear infections. The structure of his ear is fine, they've told us. Yeah. And, and our other pediatrician has no answers. We don't know why our son's bowels smell like death, and he seems to be allergic to all kinds of foods. And our other pediatrician won't help us. We don't understand where these allergies came from. We don't understand, you know, and, and so this doctor kind of like pausing, deconstructing everything individually, looking at my son as a whole individual and working backwards. What have, what has happened to you up until this point that like your body seems to be like a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, and I, I kid you not when we stopped vaccinating and we started to heal his body, it responded, the body wants to be well. And that's what's heartbreaking for for, I just think a nation and, and a couple generations who just believe kids are meant to be sick. The body wants to be well. It can be well. Um, it requires, you know. In my son's case, it required so much care. I know families who have gone bankrupt trying to heal their kids.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, autism spectrum, and so you have well, and here's high that, functioning and yeah. low functioning, and you know we're one of the really really. Really, really, really lucky ones. How so? Yeah, my kid, he walks, he talks. He can clean up after his messes now. He can, he's in school. He, um, I feel, <laughs> I get emotional, but I feel profoundly lucky that I I don't worry anymore that I'm going to have to take care of him for the rest of my life or that when I'm gone, he won't be okay. But I know so many families that are not as lucky as me to say that. Yeah. Definitely. So um, I say we're lucky, even though we've been through a lot, even though um, he'll, to some degree, always where, you know, these signs of being vaccine injured. He wasn't, he's alive. I know a lot of parents who can't say that either. Um, he is alive and he's okay. Um, he's going to have to be hypervigilant the rest of his life to keep his body well. There's a lot of stuff that he has to do that's extra that my other kids don't have to do. The supplements he takes, the diet that he follows, the, um, he has a lot of self-care stuff that he's got to do that my other kids just kind of they're hardier. I mean, they yeah. can just kind of go through life. They're they're a lot easier to take care of. But um, yeah, I, I do I do believe and I feel like it's important to acknowledge that we're really 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 lucky. Yeah. As I sit here listening to you, I can't help but think about
0: the people who might hear this who are immediately thinking when they hear the word autism associated with vaccines, they're just going to think, nope, and maybe even turn us off just For by sure. the two associations. Yeah. So my question is, what do you say to that? because I know <laughs> the two and I've kind of, we're kind of starting this off with the most controversial you could get at and well, what here's you say the saying to the people that are saying
1: your child would have gotten autism no matter what if your child would have been unvaccinated so here's he the thing autism there are I lo- and I love that I love that question and I feel like that that might even come from a sincere curiosity are there kids with autism who have never been vaccinated? Yeah the answer is yes yes. The rates, however, at which those children present with autism compared to the vaccinated population is in stark contrast. Um, And that's something worth looking into. Um, We're all waiting for the big vaccinated versus unvaccinated study. Um, You know, Dr. Paul Thomas has a lot of stats on his vaccine friendly plan. um, And I love that he's heading up um, a totally new project to finally put this to rest. But here's the thing. My, we need, we need as a society to be looking a little further ahead than this, than the name calling and trying to cut down individual parents who are sharing their story. We need to be saying, if this is true, then what? Mm -hmm. If we are triggering something in some children who would have otherwise maybe not have had this condition who are now requiring so much resources, financial resources. Um, I mean, that's taxpayer dollars. We're talking individual um, out-of-pocket premiums meant for families. What is that taking? It's changing the, the whole narrative of education, economy, and our future. Mm-hmm. I think that those people, if they can't bring themselves to accept my story, let's think about the broader narrative at play. Okay, What's happening down the line? Um, from a personal standpoint, let's take the word autism out of it. Okay, my kid. My kid has sensory processing disorder. My kid has anxiety. My kid has OCD. He has depression. He has um, encopresis. What is that? Chronic constipation, but also leakage of fecal matter because it's so impacted. Oh wow! And it's not from behavioral withholding. Okay. Um, My son has struggled with this almost his entire life. He's 14 now. Wow. My son wore diapers to middle school.
0: Oh, sweet
1: boy. And I think that's part of the thing we don't think about.
0: And maybe it's because we don't want to believe it or we are just those of us who aren't experienced in it, aren't asking the questions of the parents. But what does that do to a, what does that do to him, a middle school boy? who's having to, who's actually quite functioning Mm -hmm. to show up at school with knowing that he is not only on multiple levels different than the other kids, but having to deal with
1: something like wearing incontinent diapers. For sure, it's humiliating, but it's also very, very confusing for him. Um, he knows how different he is. Like, you know, he was, he, he is verbal and he wrote this uh, profound letter, uh, this last session. I wish I had it for you. Maybe I'll, I'll, find it. Send you a copy so you can post it. Yeah. With the it's podcast. Beautiful. But he was advocating for himself saying like, I learned how to be a friend and, and basically saying like, I learned how to be more of a human by getting to come to school, even though I'm different mm-hmm. I know I'm different. And I got chances to do things with other kids, even though I'm different. And I know I'm different. Um, it's hard. I think also to, to look a mother in the face and tell her to gaslight her, to say, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know your child best. To deny all of that real pain and sorrow and grief and guilt I think is just so cruel. And here's the thing, no one's ever, ever gonna feel worse about this than we do. I'm the one who held my son down while he was getting his shots. I'm the one, I'm the one who took him. I'm the one that he looked at in complete bewilderment because I let people hurt him and I told him it was medicine that was going to make him better. And 48 hours later, he was screaming in the ER in indescribable pain. I did that to my kid. Yeah. No one's ever going to make me feel crazier or more guilty or worse than I already do. So if you could just listen and be curious. And here's the other thing that baffles me. I have so many friends. And family members and colleagues and community members, they know I'm a rational, sane, intelligent adult. They come to me, with emotional things, you know, because that's what friends do. They come to me looking for recipes or how-tos or advice on blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to this issue, they think I'm an idiot. That's mind-boggling to me. <laughs> It's my it's the one to me. category that yeah. I just
0: can't get right. Yeah, in. I'm
1: just like, let's just be curious. So and 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 then here's the other thing I like to say. It's not about blaming moms. Because I'm in that camp, right? Uh-huh. It's not about blaming moms. And I know moms are gonna blame themselves enough. It's about realizing we are all being lied to because no one's having a straight conversation about, hey, here's the deal. This isn't one size fits all. There is a chance for risk. There is a chance for injury. Let's have some genuine, true, fully informed consent. And then you make your decision moving forward. There are going to be people who do their research, who read the same vaccine inserts, who will make the choice to vaccinate. For sure. But I want them to know why they're making that choice. And I want them to have all the cards on the table before they make that step. Because I want them to be able to sleep at night and not be in my shoes and say, shoulda, woulda, coulda, one way or the other. Whether it's because of the measles and chickenpox or it's because of vaccine injury. They need to know what they're saying yes to or what they're saying no to and why. Yeah. So for, for all parents out there, or even, I would even say, if you have children in your life, if you plan to have children in your life, be brave enough before you go to appointments, before you make your mind up, to just pull out the vaccine insert online while you can get them (laughs) and just read it read it with an open mind and and then also be brave enough to research the words you don't understand i feel like there's people feel like well i can't do that because i'm not a doctor i can't do that because i'm not a scientist i'm just a mom i hear that a lot yeah we're so capable of understanding information i i i mean My goodness, people, you're out there handling multi-million dollar accounts for companies and you're already working in doctor's offices or you're already, what you do to contribute to this world is enough brain capacity to understand what's in that insert. Yes. Don't feel like you are not capable of understanding what's there. These things are written in plain terms. Yeah. So I wish, I just wish someone would have told me all that. What
0: would you say to the mom who's listening right now and thinking, okay, my kid is showing some signs of, and maybe not the same signs that your child has, but the signs of eczema or any kind of asthma or some kind of a reaction that you're just not well, what would you say to them? Because it's really hard to come to terms. I'm sure come to terms of saying, okay, well, if this is the vaccine, if my child might not have gotten this without, you have to come to that term that you had something to do with it, that you took them in. But I share I that a lot in conversation. Moms are not wanting to say that because then they would have to admit that they might have possibly sure. done something, taken their child into an appointment that
1: led to harm and not health. Oh, it's the worst thing imaginable to have to admit that you're a culpable therapist. But here's what I, I say. If you're seeing signs in your child and you're hearing all these stories and, and all of these little, um, there's all these little lights and whistles going on inside of you and your gut, you feel like, oh my gosh, this is possibly connected for my kid. Maybe we're, we're, you know, um, connecting the dots, look into it, be brave enough to look into it, realize that you don't know what you don't know. We're being lied to systemically. Um, This is, you know, our media is owned by pharmaceutical companies. Our physicians are being given incentives to complete the vaccination schedule. Our doctors are not trained to look for injuries. They're not trained on ingredients. And ultimately, they're not the ones who are at home dealing with your children. So trust that you do know them best. And if this is something that you can be brave enough to sit in and It hurts. It hurts to realize that your children are hurting. It hurts to realize that you may have been a part of it, but you weren't a part of it with that knowledge. You were unaware like I was. And I think you have to feel that, but you also have to let it go.
0: Yeah. And with, um, with your son, you vaccinated him up until a point
1: and then you stopped. So is, (laughs) is, is it ever too late to stop vaccinating? Oh my gosh. Well, no, I mean, no. Especially now that we're we're seeing some like okay, it just doesn't end right. Like adults now have all these different vaccinations that are required of them mm-hmm. in the workplace for certain occupations. I personally believe they're going to be required for travel and federal documents and state documents. Uh, the flu shot, the m- pneumonia vax- vaccine, the shingles vaccine. There's a new diarrhea vaccine. I mean. Sh- It's not going to end. This is a profitable industry. You will always be able to regain that agency and that freedom of saying, no, thank you. I'm done doing this to my body. Um, And I think our kids are looking to us to be that barrier between them and the world because they, you know, at least in the state of Oregon until they're 14, they don't have that right to advocate for themselves. So we have to advocate for them. And it's not too late. You know, yes. For us, it was at five. So if there's a mom
0: listening right now who has a two-year-old and is about to go in for an appointment or a child who's about to go into kindergarten and is fully vaccinated and and all the information that's coming out
1: right now has piqued their brain, it's not too late to stop. Gosh, no. Well, no, because the schedule goes through uh, some models show 18, some models show 21, and um, if you continue with HPV or flu shots. Um, so no, there's, there's plenty more coming down the pipeline Mm -hmm. (laughs) at those ages. Say no. Um, and you know, even I, I think it's a win for parents to pause and take a look at flu shot or HPV. You know, we have friends and family who say, Hey, I believe in vaccinations, but I don't, these are the two I'm unwilling to do. Um, I have friends and family who say, Hey, uh, wait a minute now, we believe in vaccines and they were given all their MMRs, but what's the deal with this? If we were all, if we're all more more than enough people have gotten their MMR, why aren't they working? Um, And no, I don't want any more boosters. Like I said, we already had enough. So I think people are starting to um, kind of pump the brakes on their own because the info is getting out there Um, and it's not misinformation. It's missed information and i think it is getting to more people and i think again the people who are willing to be curious and hold their judgment until they've done some research i think that they're the ones who are i I consistently see them flipping and changing their minds so we just fought a huge battle here in oregon this year Mm -hmm.
0: and it's there's a good chance that another bill will be on the table come February. Yeah, you're, You are already a California refugee who mm-hmm. moved here because of it. What,
1: what's going to happen if it passes an organ? What will you do? I will say... Uh, so last year, my plan was just to buy my kids' time and homeschool. I do believe this is going to be a fight that every one of the 50 states ends up embroiled in. Mm -hmm. I think there are some states that are prone to freedom uh, keeping more than others. Um, Number one, I'll be on the front lines. I'll be out there, citizen lobbying, speaking to the senators, speaking to the representatives, writing to our governor. um, You know, a a great strategy is trying to get like-minded individuals into office in the first place. To really help them be a fighting force when legislation is being proposed. Um, and when all of those first line defenses don't work, um, you know, one of my objectives is to maybe get some resources to do some math and say, is it time for another move? There are lots of pl- pretty places full of nature that I could live that would like my tax dollars. So you would move your family again in order to avoid these vaccines? Oh, if it came down to it, heck yeah, yeah, heck yeah. I mean, I would. I love, I love where I live. I love where I live. <laughs> it's I, I can't believe I get to live here. Uh, gosh, but nothing's more important to me than protecting my kids. I would move in a heartbeat. I'd move to another country. We've considered it. Yeah, we've passports for that reason.
0: Yeah,
1: I. I mean, that's, I I know that some people will hear that and think that makes me absolutely nuts, but that's, I don't care. (laughs) I don't really care. That's how serious I am. That's how much I know that this is true. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: My last question, what will you say to a parent who's listening right now and has that, that well child visit already on the schedule, their guts Speaking to them, they don't feel comfortable yeah. with it, but they, but they're constantly bombarded with the safe and effective and, um, people saying, trust your doctors, family members, but inside their gut, it's just telling them, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if it's right for my kid. Yeah. And they're headed to that appointment. What do you say?
1: I would say to number one, listen to that intuition and call it curiosity. You don't need to come in guns blazing, ready to chop down, you know, the physicians, but you do need to arm yourself with information and only you can do that for you because they're going to give you their spiel. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And if you can't, if you're in the weeds with it and you can't find what's true and what's untrue, you're out of luck. So only you can go in knowing this is what I've researched. This is what I know. Here are my solid questions. And also I would say, watch the response. When you ask questions, you can ask questions about anything else and you'll be met with answers or I'm not sure. I'll get back to you. Ask a question about vaccines, ask five questions about vaccines and you'll get kicked out of that practice.
0: Yeah.
1: What's that about? Like, let's be curious. What's this about? Why is this such a hostile and aggressive environment for people who are genuinely curious? Read the inserts. And I I get a lot of people, they don't know what that is. They think it's a paper the doctor gives them. It's not. It's not. They're they're freely available currently on the CDC website. It's not from, you know, a foofy woo-woo website that is meant to take down the man. Mm -hmm. This is government-provided information. It is a list of the ingredients. It is a full disclosure of potential side effects. It is, um, you know, you can go and you can look into the uh, trial information. You can get all that information online now. You know, what did that look like? How many kids were affected? How many kids had adverse reactions? Um, do that research for yourself. And I would say do research on the disease you're vaccinating against. Yeah, what is it like if measles
0: your kid, if your kid gets deadly?
1: How many people are dying in the US because of measles? really do the research you might be surprised Mm -hmm. do the research is chickenpox deadly well not when it's a childhood disease and here's the thing and also be okay with inconvenience be okay with canceling an appointment and inconveniencing the doctor's office because you need more time you're not on their timeline okay this is your child And they work for you this is your child be okay with canceling that appointment and saying, I need, I need to I need time. Be okay with saying, my child is sick. I am not bringing him in for a well baby visit because they are sick right now. Let's get them well before we talk about the well visit and use that time to educate yourself. I would say, you know, if you don't understand what the word encephalitis means, look it up. If you don't understand what um you know Guillain-Barre syndrome is look it up if you don't know what um you know different autoimmune system autoimmune diseases are look them up these are the things that are listed in these inserts as some potential uh, side effects look it up Understand what that means and understand what it looks like exactly in an injury. Understand that encephalitis is severe brain swelling, and that looks a lot like a high-pitched, ungodly scream, a baby who is inconsolable, often accompanied with high fevers, things like that. You know, if someone would have said, oh, encephalitis, I would not have known what that would have meant. Yeah. But when they break it down and say, no, your baby's brain is swelling from severe inflammation. Your body is working really, really hard to try and get it down, but it's not working. Here's what that looks like. Here are what seizures look like, both absent and not. Here, you know, just listen, it's more than just redness at the injection site, a runny nose and a low grade fever. Learn what to expect um, potentially. Yeah. And I would also say that I do not know 15 million people. So it is therefore really wild to me that I know well over 15 mothers whose children have experienced vaccine injury. Yet they will tell you vaccine injury is one in a million. <laughs> That would mean I would have to know, you know, statistically, yeah. am I really that unlucky that I'm just collecting all these people? No, these are people I've met in very organic uh, circumstances in the community. That we get to talking. I share my story. Oh, my gosh, that happened to me, too. Yeah. How can that be if the statistic is safe and effective, one in a million, blah, blah, blah? It's just not. It's not. That's not the reality.
0: Oh, mamas, educate yourself, please. Mm-hmm. And listen,
1: listen to mothers, listen Mm -hmm. to their stories.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You're capable. You're capable of understanding it. You're capable of of feeling that sting of guilt. Um, And you're capable of letting it go. Yep. You can Mm. do, you can do hard things. And doing whatever it takes to
0: protect that child who you've been given to steward. You've been giving these children to be their caregivers. Mm -hmm. And we've also been given this gut and this
1: intuition and no one else has that for our children. No, we are their voice. Yep. we are their voice. Um,
0: Those pediatricians, when they when you bring them into the office, as good as their intentions might be, their gut isn't going to tell them if something's off. Their gut isn't going to tell them that this might not be a good idea. But mamas, if you're sitting there and your gut is telling you that, you have to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely all right well veronica thank you so much you're a wealth of information and you're welcome. um not only have you lived this you fight constantly for other people who are in the same situation you educate you are a gift to everyone and i'm just so thankful to to know you here and on in real life and just um, Fine,
1: I love friends. yeah to know Fine. you is
0: to love you for sure oh thanks friend all right thank you you